Good morning, everybody. My guest today is Kyra Wong, District Vice President for Manulife Mortgage Protection Plan. And uh, Kyra, I think you've been immersed in broker world in one way or another now for, I want to say, the better part of 20 plus years. Yes, that would be correct. <laughs> Started when you were 10 years old. I did. Something like that, right? <laughs> yes. So some of you have probably tuned in in the past and uh, have maybe listened to or seen conversations between Kyra and I in the past. And, and of course, we talk often about mortgage protection plan and the virtues thereof. And there's some past episodes that we've unpacked a lot of details on that. And we sort of shifted gears a few minutes ago. And I, I don't know that we should dig quite so deeply into MPP today. I think there's a, a little bit more topical uh, types of things we could cover. Because Kyra, not only are you a finalist up for an award uh, as a woman of distinction for the, the Canadian Mortgage Awards just announced, uh, you're also the co-author of, of yet another book, a new book that's dropping on Monday. And of course, Monday is International Women's Day. So t tell us a little bit about the book that's coming out on Monday. Yeah, it's kind of a cool experience because it's called Pursuit 365. It'll be available on Amazon. And it's uh, 365 Canadian women across the whole country who are basically, you know, they've written a, 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 on a day, right? So everyone has their own day where they're, where they're featured and they're sharing an important uh, message to the world, which is very cool, right? And then it's meant to empower and, and inspire women. And there's some famous celebrities that are also in the book, such as Jan Arden and Biff Naked and... Tosca Reno. So yeah, so that's, that's, that's awesome. And my day is May 16th because that's the day my son was born and that's the day I became a mom. I, mean, I like Jan Arden, but I, I love Biff Naked. I think she's, <laughs> she's my girl too. I used to run into her at Betsy Johnson back in the day when that store was still around. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's always been very like, you know, just cut through the crap. Like here's how it is. And uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've always enjoyed a lot of what she's put out there for sure. And so, again, on International Women's Day, Monday, March 8th, I notice that you're also going to be part of a panel with uh, Hallie Noble, Megan McDonald, and moderated by Barb Cook. And for those of you who are wondering, where do I find the link to that panel? We will post it uh, in the comments section when we put this episode out on LinkedIn and the Facebook groups. But also, you could go to Barb Cook's Facebook page. I'm sure you'll find it there. Or if you're uh, in the Wimmy uh, Facebook group, uh, I'd imagine it's posted there by now as well. Yeah. And the theme this year is, what is the theme? <laughs> the theme this year is choose to challenge. So raise your hand up high in the air and show your support. Choose to challenge, uh, you know, gender bias and inequality. Well, you know, it's funny uh, that that is the topic. I just spent about 45 minutes on the phone this morning with uh, a gentleman and we were having a conversation about life and its challenges and whatnot. And uh, we were both acknowledging the fact that as six foot plus Caucasian men born in North America, English as a first language, et cetera, um, we really haven't had a lot of people challenge us in life. And like all the way back to the playground days, I was saying to him, so when did you hit six feet? And he's like, oh, like 13, 14. And I'm like, so you probably had people like ki other kids on the playground looking at you for like, what are we going to play next? Even though that kid might've been older than you just because you were taller. And yeah. 
a real thing. Like it's, it starts at such an early age, yeah. these little biases that we develop. And uh, I used to have a slide in my presentations called my unique life. Cause people would say, man, like, how did you have like that, that amazing success in that first couple of years? Like, how did it work for you? I'm like, well, let's just own a couple basic facts. Like I lived in the same community as a middle-class dude for 35 years and six foot two Caucasian male English speaking, like, you know, I mean that that's a huge set of advantages over somebody who's brand new to Canada and uh, you know, might look and sound a little different than myself. Like it just, it just what we're the king of the jungle, Dustin, you're the king of the jungle. Yeah, but it's like not cool. Like, <laughs> like just as much as anybody else. Like I, I want to be judged on the merits, you know. But that that bias exists. So yeah, that, I look forward to that panel. That's going to be interesting to. And the book sounds super interesting too. I mean, three hundred and sixty-five Canadian women's stories of a day in the life. That's that's a book I'll read. Yeah, and an important message that they want to share with the world, right? So I've been reading them on, on social media as they come out, because obviously they've started uh, as of January 1st, and they're really inspiring, uh, cool stories. So it'll it'll be a really good book for sure. That is good. So here, here's a, a question that, I mean, I'm going to go maybe on to finish asking, but uh, so in your 20, 25 years in the industry, uh, given that we're talking about, uh, you know, challenging challenge and equality and, and, and whatnot. Do you, from your experience, feel like as an industry, we've progressed over the past 25 years to uh, you know, at, at, at an acceptable pace, an unacceptable pace or not? Like, have we made progress? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I do think we've made progress. Uh, we haven't made enough progress, but we are making progress. And I think like anything, it takes time. And the more we can have, you know, conversations around things and make it top of mind, the more likely we will have further progress and accelerated progress, right? It's part of the reason I, I started the Magical Unicorn Project or created it in 2017 is because I recognized there was a need in our industry uh, you know, to level things up because I will, I will say in the corporate world, you know, the culture is more sophisticated. And I just think that it's just something that happens naturally. Uh, so you're kind of dealing in these two different worlds where things are a certain way, you know, in the corporate world. And then you come over uh, to this side and, you know, it's people are, you know, let's face it, entrepreneurs, they really don't have anybody to fire them, right? So <laughs> it's up to them how they're going to behave or misbehave, right? So I wanted to do something to help uh, women and to just sort of like level up the industry. So, you know, women can be treated more equally, more respectfully, and uh, we can get to where we need to be. Well, even though, as you say, entrepreneurs don't really have a boss to fire them for bad behavior, we are still all part of social groups, um, industry associations, corporate structures, organizations. Like there, there, there is still some degree. Although, yeah, how much, how much authority does an organization have to kick out uh, a, a bad actor, a perceived, perceived bad actor? That's um, that actually becomes a really tricky topic because, of course, there have been, there have been incidents. Uh, and I, you know, I was a board member on one of the associations, 
and for, for a period of time. And and there's in, incidents where it's like this person is really making our industry or our association look bad. We need to eject them. But depending on the nature of what you're talking about, people are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And so to take action ahead of that is to presume guilt where everyone might be saying, come on, but you're sort of stuck. And I'm not trying to make excuses for situations that have gone on with associations uh, or the like, but it's always a little trickier because there's, there's the backlash where the individual can wind up filing a countersuit or, you know, it's, yeah. It's not so simple, I guess. Is, is. <laughs> well, one thing that will definitely help is when there's more women in leadership positions, right? I think that creates a natural sort of equaling. I mean, because I do believe we know when we're behaving right and we know when we're not behaving right. We know, like we know. And I think when there's more women in leadership positions, right, there'll be less of the bad stuff perhaps happening to women, whether it's sexual harassment, you know, sexist comments, all those sorts of things. And, uh, and I mean, it builds better and more profitable business outcomes when there are more females in leadership positions. So I think naturally that's the place where we want to get, it just makes sense. And I think, you know, things will be better for everybody once we get there. Well, I guess the, the, the place when you say to, once we get there, the, the place to get to is a place where there really isn't the need for an International Women's Day, or that's not. Yes. A thing. And, and some, yeah, and some people think, oh, well, why do you need an International Women's Day? Like women have equality, but we really, we really don't. I mean, we've made progress, but it isn't equal. It isn't equal. And, and I mean, if you're a woman, you know that, and you've felt that in many, you know, different ways right so I, I speak with uh, a you know a fair number of brokers every week and of course a, a lot of them are, are female and and a lot of them are wives and mothers and yeah like the 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 judgment that goes around all those different hats they're wearing of, of running a house being a mother running a business and the pressures that are on there to excel at all those things whereas a man is expected to be a good provider like go do your job, do it well. When a woman is running her own business as well, there's that pressure to succeed. Like, oh, honey, do you really want to work? You know, there, there's, there's that the, the family dynamics that come into it from parents and siblings and cousins and uncles and everything else, uh, where like a, a woman may feel like she's really got to work that much harder to prove herself on the business side, but also can't let any of those other things drop. And mm -hmm as they say, the, the pressures are definitely out of balance. And I remember my mom saying, you know, as a kid, I'd be like, oh, so it's Mother's Day again, huh? Now I'm talking like when you're like eight years old, nine years old, you really don't get the world at all. And it's like, <laughs> how come there's a Mother's Day and a Father's Day and there's no Kids Day, right? And I mean, I'm sure parents would have said the same thing. Every day is Kids Day. Yeah. And I suppose for men who would say, well, what's this Women's Day about? When, when, when's Men's Day? Uh, guys. Basically, since time began, every day has been man's day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're in a patriarchal society, right? So, yes, absolutely. And and women have been working to have equality 
from the beginning, right? And we're we're getting closer, but I just read a report not long ago and it says we won't see it in our lifetime. We probably won't see, you know, equality even in our children's lifetime. It could take another half century before that's actually a thing, right? Well, so, I don't know that we want to go down the rabbit hole of, of, of the pandemic situation, but I- Let's I think, talk about it, Dustin. <laughs> I, I think we would be remiss. One of the articles I saved, I think it was like, late March, early April of last year. And it was a news article that came out and I saved it because I thought, hmm, this is gonna be interesting. And it was a, a projection on how a long-term, how the long-term impacts of a pandemic and shutdowns would actually negatively impact women significantly more than men. And of course, we've watched that play out in the employment numbers, in the employment stats, not so much, the number is one thing, but the breakdown of that number, what was really getting hamstrung in those numbers overwhelmingly, it is it is women. And uh, so there is some conversation, and I guess, again, it will be very topical for the next few days in the news cycle about how the pandemic is rolling back, you know. Yeah, it's setting women back. And listen, I mean, one of the most heartbreaking things for me, like it really guts me. Uh, and they call it the shadow pandemic, right? But violence against women has escalated. Like, and we've seen this in our own claims experience at Manual Life. And it's it's really heartbreaking. But violence against women is, is still a huge, huge issue. It costs Canadians uh, billions of dollars every year uh, dealing with, with that, with violence against women in Canada. And it's a, I mean, worldwide, it's a $3 trillion issue. So just to put that in perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, as I say, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bit much to get into. Um, we try and keep it light here. Um, <laughs> well, and you know what? We can't fix things that we don't talk about. So Bree, I don't want to, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but I think it's important to like be aware. I mean, that's why we need an International Women's Day, right? Because really, and, and if you go out there and, and look at a lot of the leaders in our space, even those women who are, you know, strong, intelligent, you know, amazing women, hardly any of them will be untouched or, or will have been untouched by violence at some point in their life. It's like, it's, it's amazing how many uh, women it touches, right? So I think it is important to talk about it. I think it is important for people to think about that. And also how are we raising, you know, our children? Like what kinds of examples um, are we setting for them, right? Uh, on both sides, on both sides. But I think Ruth, Bader Ginsburg said it best, like she basically said, you know, until there are no gender roles, right, women are always going to basically be not equal, right? So we have to, we have to get away from a patriarchal society, we just have to be a society, I think, of people who are kind to each other, who are good to each other, where, and, and where equality exists, like no one's going to lose out, because the world is equal. And maybe there's fear, maybe there's fear, you know, uh, with men that they're going to lose control somehow, right? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, personally, I don't, I don't worry about losing control or, or anything like that. Um, but uh, where where this has been interesting for me personally is six years ago, I, I wrote the first, uh, you know, be the better broker, and in there, there's a passage in one of the chapters, or maybe it was a, cha a whole chapter, uh, mm -hmm. titled "Industry of Equality." 
an industry of equality. And I wrote that chapter. I sent it to some, some different women in my orbit. And I bet you I even sent it to you for comment at the time. And back in 2015, the perspective I was coming from when I wrote that was very much like, hey, like the mortgage industry doesn't care whether you're male or female, you're getting paid, you know, 100 basis points or whatever the compensation is, the same as, as a male. Like the, the compensation is equal and the opportunity is, is close to equal in some regards from the perspective of there's probably just as many clients that prefer to work with a female broker as there are that prefer to work with a male broker. And as as more women have had more financial success, I mean, there are that many more women who are doing things on their own, including purchasing a home and, and processing mortgage financing or, or applying for mortgage financing and who they may prefer to work with another women. So I kind of came at it from this really 100,000 foot view, didn't really get into the weeds. And I'm in the process of rewriting the entire book. I want to sort of update it, freshen it up, given the way the world's changed over the last year, let alone the last six years. And and I sort of backtracked from that a lot. Like I, I, I think, you know, I just was working on it a couple of weeks ago on that chapter in particular. And and I think that there there is, as we've been discussing here, there's still a lot of ground to cover. But it's interesting how this is still a pretty empowering, it's a financially empowering space. Like the yes. mortgage space, like real estate was always looked at that way. Like you could, it was, you don't have to have a university degree. You don't have to, I mean, I know personally more than a few brokers who literally dropped out in grade eight, grade nine. They don't have schooling past that. There's no formal schooling going on. And they are amazing mortgage brokers and they're phenomenal with the math and the numbers and the breakdown of the policies and the guidelines and rental offsets and all the rest of it. Like there's, you, you'd think they have a master's degree, you know, <laughs> in or business, but brokering has been this pretty phenomenal space, at least to financially empower. Yes, it, it absolutely. Uh, a lot of the leading ladies that I have interviewed through my project have actually left banking careers for exactly, you know, that reason. They couldn't get promoted. They were dealing with sexual harassment. You know, that that's just such a common theme from so, so many women. So they saw the broker world as a way to sort of go out there and have this equal footing, right? And the ability not to be pushed down and, and suppressed, right? And, and I mean, we've got so many women in the, you know, as mortgage brokers now, and, and it's great. It's great seeing them succeed and being free to succeed, right? Well, let's face it. I mean, uh, a big part of what traps people in situations in their lives is the financial side. Mm -hmm. so, oh, yes. Yes. Know, whether what and it's 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 more often a female that is trapped by financially uh, but but you know dudes if you're feeling trapped financially too i mean let's face it like brokering is a space where if you truly truly apply yourself if you actually work eight hours a day relentlessly day in and day out you just can't not be successful like it's it's there more so today than ever and, uh, and again, I recognize, you know, my own experience and I'm a little bit biased when I say like anybody can have success in this industry. Not everybody can, but boy, j just about anybody can find a, a pretty high level of success. 
And you no longer even need to go have to meet people in person, like that's off the table. And I think that's actually allowed for more conversations in the space of a day. I mean, hey, to make it a little lighter and more fun, I was chatting with uh, with somebody recently, a, a single woman, and I was saying, uh, well, dating's gotta be even easier in COVID. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's the worst, it's the opposite. I haven't been on a date and I said, yeah, but think about it. Like you could book 10 Zoom dates, like, you know, instead of meeting at the coffee shop, we're going to meet virtually. I'll have a cup of coffee in my hand. And I'm like, you could book 10. You could, and you only got to, like, put yourself together one time for 10 <laughs> dates. You know, line them all up and, and, and very quickly. You can, you know, like, within the first few minutes. Thanks. That's yeah. Happening. And you didn't have to drive there. It wasn't a whole production. And now you're not having to sit there for, like, another hour or whatever. It's like you know, speed dating, but like next level. They're like, only people <laughs> think like that. I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it take me long to put myself together, you know. <laughs> you might be on to something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the panel on Monday. I think that's going to be super interesting. And uh, we really haven't spoken at all about mortgage protection plan or anything related to it. But I think probably everybody knows by now you're going to be back here in another six weeks or so and we'll talk mortgage protection plan at that point yeah for sure absolutely and so uh just remember to be an ally put your hand in the in the air choose to challenge call out gender bias and inequality because it really does matter and uh, and we need the support of men i mean we really need your support well, I would close it with a, a quote by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. I may misquote this slightly because I'm going from memory, but um, it, it kind of applies. And Nassim Nicholas Taleb, a uh, very intellectual uh, dude, sort of a modern day philosopher. But he said, if you see fraud and you don't call out fraud, then you yourself are a fraud. So somewhat applies. There you go. <laughs> That's bad right. behavior. You don't call out that bad behavior. That is bad behavior. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, you're lighting more of a thunder fire fire under my butt to do the right thing. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Fire. Okay. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate Thanks, it. Tyra, have an awesome day. Okay. You too. Thanks, Bye. everybody. See you next week.